0: my development, one thing that I do give myself credit for is uh, no matter what decision I've made, especially with school programs or uh, work experience, it's been what is going to give me as many open doors as possible. Because right. if I'm still in a, in a place where I'm not quite sure what my long-term trajectory is, let me continue to acquire these experiences and uh, these you know degrees that will open as many doors as possible and keep me flexible and able to move in, in different spaces and industries and not stuck to one specific path. And if I do choose to move out of it, then my time might have been wasted. I I don't want to be, I always want to be going up. And Mm -hmm. that makes me available to many different industries.
1: Welcome Hey, leaders, I am super excited about bringing you an amazing young man. His name is Nelkis Cuomo. I connected with him or saw a post uh, they wrote up uh, about Nelkis in the Toronto Star. Uh, Nelkis is a linebacker. I was drafted second uh, by the Argos, the Toronto Argonauts. And so he was approaching his third season. And the season has been canceled because of this pandemic. And I'm not going to get into it, but you'll, you'll hear about just, again, just wise, wise, wise beyond his years, so coachable, so humble, and really trying to make a difference with a number of other people about how athletes see their career and taking the platform that they have as professional athletes and making it more and creating really spectacular careers and lives. This is one man you want to listen to. Yeah, I know you'll love it. Just an amazing young guy. Um, I just had a fantastic conversation with him. So, um, and you know what we're up to? We are coming to the end of our recruiting season for 2020, uh, building up to our best season ever in 2021. And I would love if you knew any amazing young leaders, okay? People who are really, really want to make a huge difference in their lives and learn the habits, the mindsets, the skill sets to be fantastic leaders. So you can reach out to me at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You could go to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. You could share this podcast to someone. You could send a young leader that you know to studentworks.com. So thanks so much. And uh, I, I know you'll love this podcast. Have a fantastic day. So Nelkus, uh, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast.
0: Thanks, Chris. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, no, super, super excited. So I, I wanted to get started. Like, what were you like before before the program? You know, uh, before Queens? You know, as a teenager.
0: As a teenager, yeah, I've always uh, always been heavy in sports. Uh, soccer was my main sport growing up. And I, I changed over to football when I was uh, 16, 17 uh, before getting an experience to go in the States and play there for two years. But I've always been, you know, heavily involved in in, in sports, but also very hungry to, uh, you know, make money and and then try to get into work. That's that, that's fun for me, but also that I can, you know, collect some change here and there. So, like, yeah. yourself, you know, uh, I heard you mention in a, another podcast that you shoveled snow. So that was yeah. my, my first real job, if you want to. In, the, in my neighborhood in Lasalle, I was I had I had the, the notes up at the convenience stores for anybody who needed their driveway, uh, you know, shoveled out, shoveled it, and I was going around on my Saturday morning just taking that snow out of the driveway. So it's it's been a mixture of that, but it's been heavily also family based. So I have three uh, younger siblings, and my parents have always done a good job of making sure our our, our values have been tight to family growing up. So I spent a lot of time with them, and you know, being the oldest of four, it was a lot of. Uh, Leadership. My first leadership course was at home, yeah, with my younger siblings, and and trying to lead the way and and uh, put on a good example for them. So that's that's how I would sum it up.
1: The 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 early stages, and 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 so any frustrations, you know, as a as a teenager or anything sort of that stood out for you.
0: Well, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I, had, I had different frustrations. Just overall, you know, like we're I know we're talking about leadership and and, uh, and work here, but I had some time, it took me some time to try to figure out, you know, who I was as an individual. And I think that that's one thing I I, I don't believe the school system as it is today allows, uh, you know, young people to figure out for themselves, you know, you're in this routine from the time you're in kindergarten, and you just, Mm -hmm. there's a next step, there's a next step, you're going to the following grade, and you kind of just go into this tunnel. And you don't take time to uh, think about what you like to do, and uh, how you can spend the rest of your life doing that something like that, too. And so, you know, the people you want to surround yourself with, uh, the stuff you want to be doing with your time, that's something that I, 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 it took time for me to to get my head around, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and by the way, like,
1: I think it makes sense. Like, first of all, I think we are so blessed with an incredible education system here in Canada. And I know you do as well. And it's just, if you think about it, if I'm a teacher, my, my sister is a one t- principal of the year and, you know, just a remarkable educator and, It's just so hard for, I imagine, again, for a principal, for a teacher to sort of think about all the different ways that people can be of service in the community and that it's natural that they're thinking about the next steps, you know, as a doctor, a lawyer, what the next grade is even, you know what I mean? When you're in grade four, well, what are we preparing them for? And I know they have career days or, you know, parents will come in and talk and share about the different roles because I remember that's probably... The first time I ever recognized speaking to an entrepreneur, because uh, this this one, you know, I think it was Joe Hayes's dad came in, and he was he was an entrepreneur. He used to do dinner menus, and he had leather leather bound things that made dinner menus, and 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 that that was his business. And and it was like this is what I do, and and so it was like oh wow, what what is that? And so certainly I know schools do, and it's difficult to do, isn't it?
0: Very difficult. And uh, like you said, you brought up entrepreneurship because that's where I believe is the best opportunity for you to be in control, mm-hmm. in control of, of what you do day to day, in control of what your mission is. Because I do believe that we all have a purpose and it takes a big time for us to find out what that purpose is. And it takes some real soul searching too. Um, and, and that's the time that I'm, I'm referring to is like, I don't know if there's a, a period in your development as a teenager or a young adult that is devoted to that self searching. Uh, time in your life. That, that, that's required, I believe. Yeah. You, look at, you look at entrepreneurs and no matter what their business is, they're in control. And if they have mm-hmm. to work longer hours, it's no longer a job now because it's, it's, it's their business. And uh, there, there's, a, there's a real peace there that, that can be achieved when, when you find out what it is that is your business and uh, how it is you want to spend your time. The school system does as best a job as they can. I, I do believe that yeah. we have great institutions here in Canada. But yeah. um, I just know in my development, there was never a time where I got the opportunity to think, okay, what are the options out there? And what can my contribution be? Mm-hmm. It's only now in my early twenties that I'm taking this time to figure it out. To look at it. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's, I think that's great. You know? and, it, and, it, and I think back to, like, first of all, there's two, two things that this brings up you know, this conversation. Number one, I think it's really important that people develop a philosophy of life you know, and that takes time. And and not a lot of people point to that. Like, you know, one of the things about doing my my program, Melkus knows the philosophy of my life or a lot of it just because it's embedded and imbued in my program. But if I think back to people who in my career actually maybe touched me more about you know, Hey, what could you be as, is, is coaches? Like really some of my really elite coaches, they, they, they would, I remember Mark temple when he's an, was a national team coach here in Canada. And he, one day, uh, you know, he like, Hey, you could be anything. You could be anywhere, you know? And, uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I could be anywhere. And, and part of what he was looking to do was him to get everybody to sort of say, Hey, yeah, I'm choosing to be here. So if you choose to come to work out, work your butt off. That was part of what he the message. But it was also a message of, hey, I could, you know, I have the choice over my life. And I remember one of my good buddies, Alec Main, chose, I'm gonna go sail around the world in my life. And and literally he made a decision in that workout that sort of guided meditation, as it were. And he went and did that, went and, you know, runs really successful businesses as well, you know, in his career. So it's it's really again finding out what you're capable of. And that takes soul searching. That takes thought, you know, not just
0: following the world like a robot. That's right. But I love what you said about uh, being able to do everything. You know, mm-hmm. just being, being able to think that it's possible that you do anything that you, that you want to do. I know we say that and it becomes cliche over time, but um, I think it's very important for uh, children at least. But then as you develop into a teenager and a young adult, for you to truly understand that there are so many opportunities out there. And if you're willing to put in the work, you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. And uh, different things like um, just conditions in which you're, you're brought up and uh, social and political and economic circumstances obviously create obstacles to that, uh, For sure. to that belief. But within, within a realm of possibilities, you, you are able to accomplish what you do put your mind to. With internet today, you have access to all this information, all this yeah. education. You know, if, you, if you wake up and say you want to be a film director, you know, you can find an online film school if if you want to do uh, makeup for people. You can find YouTube tutorials. You can so you can literally mm-hmm. do anything. And mm-hmm. uh, it, you know that belief has to be ingrained in our minds to allow us to to really take the time and and find our calling and just devote our lives to that.
1: Yeah. No, and it's and it's one of the things I've done a lot of, Nelkis, is read um, biographies mm-hmm. and about how people started. And so often it's that type of thing. It's like Spielberg. Wanted to be a director and just was, was so committed to being a director and went after it. And then, you know, we think about our, you know, professional athletes or we think about there's so many people, Bill Gates, you know, saw software really early on, saw saw the career of computers really on, got, in, got involved really early and just committed. And so, so it is possible. And we see that through the people who are most successful in our communities that, that again, they, they, they make a choice, they get you know, a real commitment around intent. And then they, they they drive that result, you know, again and again and again.
0: That's right. That's right. And in my in my development, one thing that I do give myself credit for is uh, no matter what decision I made, uh, especially with school programs or uh, work experience, it's been what is going to give me as many open doors as possible. Because right. If I'm still in a, in a place where I'm not quite sure what my long-term trajectory is, let me continue to acquire these experiences and uh, these you know, degrees that will open as many doors as possible and keep me flexible and able to move in, in different spaces and industries and not stuck to one specific path. And if I do choose to move out of it, then my time might've been wasted. I, I don't want to be, I always want to be going up and mm-hmm. that makes me um, available to many different industries.
1: I think, that, no, I think that's a really, really great philosophy and, and I know you know, it's, it's, you were faced with a really tough challenge when you came and joined the student works management program. I know, you know, you were doing engineering, you were an elite athlete. I didn't know how elite you were, by the way, at the time, but I knew you were good. Um, Cause you told me that. Um, and I asked, I asked Marnus as I remember, but anyhow, and then you were, you were looking to run a business, you know, I guess, you know, two or three hours away in Montreal. So, how did you find that experience? What do you, wh- how did you see that experience?
0: Yeah, I, I always love to look back at summer 2015 with uh, a lot of pride and understanding that it was a successful summer to me. And I see successful not in the way that you traditionally measure your success at Student Works, you know, with huge revenue numbers and great profits and great team all, all around. I didn't really kill it in terms of sales at Student right. works, but I killed it in terms of experience. Mm-hmm. What I put myself through was brutal. I was going between uh, door-to-door uh, uh, estimates and, and, and trying to pitch my business to training at my gym in LaSalle, back to on-site, making sure my painters are doing a correct job and my clients are happy, back to turf sessions, getting my sprints in to get ready for my second year at Queen's Football, because I still took right. it very, very seriously. And, uh, you know, there, there's a little stuff here and there to do in the summertime for engineering, but the bulk of Engineering being an obstacle to student works was when I was supposed to get my clients in the winter time. Yes, I'm running my business in Montreal, and I have my brother, my younger brother, is going door to door in Montreal while I'm in Kingston, I'm trying to get clients, and I'm trying to coach them from a distance, but I'm not physically there. And any of your business operators and managers know from that from those months, January to May, if you're not physically there, your business could suffer in the summertime. And yeah. uh, my, my business did early on before I turned things around later on in the summer, but. It, it was really hard Long, sleepless nights and i told you this story before but yeah one of the nights that i remember uh, and i can never forget this but a client a client gave me the keys to his his place he was gone for a week and he told me you know he it was one of those uh, mixed dining room and and, and living room combined yes. and uh, he wanted the whole thing done two coats the whole thing and so i knew that i had this time frame to get the job done he gave me the keys and I tried to budget my time so that I'd have more, more than enough time. But anyways, it came down to the last night and I had to put the second coat on the entire, uh, the entire surface. So the living room and dining room, I didn't leave that place until six in the morning. I had two Red Bulls and speakers and I did what I had to do because it was important to me for him to know that I stuck to my word and I was done by the time that he came back. And this is, I'm 19 years old and I'm learning the hard way, you know, how to manage time and, and how to do things the right way. But. To me, this was like, wow, I just took my body to, to the extent that I thought, you know, it couldn't be, couldn't be passed, but I, I passed it. And uh, from that, I just, in my mind, it was like, I can be, you know, I can put myself through anything because yeah you know, I'm working. I'm working really- and
1: what I, what I hear also about you, Nelkus is, is that you're just someone who is committed to your word. And when people really get attached to that, when I say something, it's going to go down now. Nelkis said, and he committed to this man. His, his apartment was going to be painted. And so Nelkus takes ownership over the fact that maybe he didn't manage his week as well. And maybe this client did this or, you know, this thing happened, but he said, I'm just going to do what it takes to make sure that when he comes in, this, you know, multiple thousand dollar job is done and is complete. And he's got a smile on his face. And, and that really says something. And that's one of the things, again, that we get from, you know, entrepreneurship and that we're hundred percent accountable. So, it's really, really awesome that you saw that. And the other thing I wanted to comment on as well is, is that, you know, one of the things for us as a company, we've just kept getting better and better and better. And one of the things that I've always been, you know, at risk to is just really believing in people, because that's one of the things that I'm really great at. And it's a real weakness. So, I remember. Our interview, like I remember most people's interviews, I just have a really great memory for people. And I remember meeting Nelkus and going, what a fabulous young man. And wow, you know, this is great. And I guess Kingston was full, not a guess. I'm sure Kingston was full so that we were like, okay, well, yeah, we can have him go home. And that summer, we went and did a lot of analysis, shout out Patrick Lalonde, uh, our, our VP, and, and, and Pat's brought a lot more just with my wife as well. And partner CEO has brought a lot more analysis to the business. And one of the things they did was they really started analyzing people who were commuting back to territories. And it was like, okay, what works? What doesn't work? And it's we have had numerous elite athletes do really well in our program, and they always managed in their home turf because it's just too much of a compromise. Like you said, hey, you've got you were an engineer, you were an elite athlete, and you ran a business. Jason Halsley was, was some of our, uh, he actually super, superstar engineer, had a really huge job now at GHD is vice president, but he managed to do that around uh, winning the national championships at Guelph and hockey, but same turf, you know, like it's just too tough. And that's something that, again, we've learned, we've got better at, we're making progress. And that's always, again, great, you know, for all of us just to always be at work. How can we get better? What is gonna you know, uh, drive the success of our business and then our people you know, consistently?
0: Yeah, there, there's no doubt that uh, my, I would've done a lot better had my business been run in Kingston. But looking back, I, I wouldn't have changed anything as far as uh, your decision, mm-hmm. just my decision to even do the job commuting because what it allowed me to do was I got to hire my little brothers and uh, the, the work that I got, got to go, we would go to jobs early in the morning, get it done. And all together would be, um, uh, you know, we'd celebrate our wins together and, and go through our challenges also together. Yeah. Along with my other uh, employees. But getting to do that in that environment was, was very nice to me. But, uh, yeah, you know, obviously Kingston would have been a different story.
1: Yeah. Well, what I, what I love as well is, is everything that you're, you're, you've just really been trained yourself to really, again, how do we have a really great, powerful mindset? any choice that you make, you know, is always the best choice. Leaders, that's always the best choice because you made it. And there's regret is a horrible thing. So it's like, man, I chose that powerfully. I went at it. Fantastic. And that's, that's just power. And that's, that's what Nelkis chose. That's what I chose. You know, it's like, all right, you know, this is it. And um, so if you think back, what did you, what did you take away? What are your big takeaways or still rely on from, from the program?
0: Yeah, the biggest thing I, I figured out that summer was, uh, sure, we were doing painting, but really what we were doing is running a business. And uh, yeah. the skills that StudentWorks taught me and continues to teach all of their managers is, you know, what that process is like. You're getting people who know nothing about you. You're going to their door. They weren't expecting you. And next thing you're leaving with a job, you know, and you 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 were able to uh, transfer over trust and confidence just by sheer will and, and your own knowledge of what it is you're selling to them. And right there, uh, doing my first couple pitches with uh, Adam Coleman and, and uh, learning how that process is like, I figured out that this has nothing to do with painting. This has to do with one-on-one individuals, you know, him trusting me and me also having integrity and, and, and sticking to my word, as you mentioned. And I can do this with anything, uh, mm-hmm. you, whether you're selling paint, or now window cleaning or any services. Yeah. It's just the service that changes, but the business stays the same. And you taught us that year how to run a business, and it, my, it was my first time getting taught that. And it, it really changed my, my, my whole outlook on what I wanted to do. I was in engineering, as you mentioned, civil engineering, and it's a great program to take. I recommend it to any, any incoming student who's not quite sure what they want to do in life, just because I, I knew, like I mentioned earlier, that it opened doors. Uh, you come out with an engineering degree, people understand that you can work hard, that you understand numbers, and you know that you're, a very, you're an asset. Yeah. But I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do, and that feeling was even more confirmed to me after that summer. I wanted to be in business. I wanted to be involved with people. I wanted to be uh, running, you know, uh, clients and 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 having uh, employees. And it was I was very much more financial business driven than I was right. engineering. I'm, I'm learning about, you know, mixing concrete and structural stability, which is all fascinating stuff, but it wasn't really down my alley. So right. uh, that summer really was a pivotal moment for me in my development. Right. And just
1: again, getting, you know, kind of, wow, I like this, right. I love doing this, you know, and, and I know, I know it shifted the direction of your career. So you know, we had we had a positive experience and then why don't we share about you know just how the football career's gone, you know, at Queens and into the Argos, you know, what what that progression's been like.
0: hundred percent So I'm coming into Queens now as a first year linebacker and uh as in any experience you're a rookie and you're learning how to get, you know, uh used to the upper level of playing. So I'm learning from, from great veterans, uh, Derek Wigan, Mr. Perro, Luke McCulkin, great guys to be around and I'm picking things up. And by my second year, I was uh uh, leading the, the league in, in tackles uh, before my unfortunate ACL injury. And then my third year, I was really hungry to come back. And I was elected team captain for my third and fourth year. And all it all came together in my fourth year. My fourth year, I finished uh, first-team All-Canadian linebacker uh, for Team OUA. And uh, I got drafted by the Argos. So it, it was just a, a great story the way it all ended up.
1: No kidding. No kidding. That's uh, That really is you know exciting and fascinating and, I think, you know, many, I'm sure leaders listening play sports and would have, uh, you know, just, you know, dreamed, not even, you know, would have wanted to literally dreamed about being a professional athlete. So, you know, congratulations on, you know, sort of making, making that happen, you know, and when you, when you think about that now, like, you know, what do you think's the difference between, you know, like the players who, who, who make it and our pro athletes and the players who don't, you know, could you sum it up? What do you, what do you see as, as, you know, on the other, on the other side?
0: Well, there's, there's an, uh, it's, it's an accumulation of things, right? Um, I, I, it would be easy to say, oh, hard work, but that's not necessarily true because you have, uh, what I know some of my past teammates who work harder than anybody else in the room, but because of just their genetics and, you know, they don't necessarily fit the mold of what uh, the pro teams are looking for, their chances right. were very much uh, reduced. So that's unfortunate, but uh, there's, there's a portion of that. But then when, let's say you fit the mold. Out of the players who fit the mold, what is the difference? It's the guys who really pay attention to the detail, those guys who really put that work in, who the coaches can see in the recruiting process are really serious about, and about their business, who are coachable. And that's mm-hmm. something along my experience that's always been very important to the people looking to invest time in a young worker, developer, someone who can really be good for their enterprise is, is he coachable. And that's mm-hmm. been taught to us: is make sure you are a great listener and student of the game, whichever game you're playing. Yeah. And obviously, um, is he a good team team member? Team member, exactly. So, what are yeah. teammates saying about him through the draft process? You you would ask uh, two or three teammates of the person you're looking to draft, "What do you think about this guy?" And uh, it, it would they would take that very seriously. You know, oh, he's he's a great leader. He uh, he listens. He's a great communicator, and those are the things that they're looking for. And the, right. that they want to bring in. Because at the end of the day, you can bring in the, the most athletic player, the uh, most successful player, but if he's a pain to deal with, you don't want that on your team. Yeah. You you want guys who want the best for the team and not for themselves as well. So that's selflessness. Um and it's, it's those really those factors, along with obviously great performance on the field that, right. that make all the difference.
1: Yeah. It's really great, Melkis, because if if I were to look at a really great person for our business those same things I'm looking for. Right. You know, you know, so, so, you know, like it's, it's, you know, yeah, I guess there's probably some genetics or whatever people, you know, I, I guess, yeah, they need to be able to speak English or French. Well, right. Like those are, those are things, you know, you know, if they can't, if they can't communicate powerfully that that's just something that wouldn't work in Canada. Right. And then you, you know, you, you start to look at absolutely coachability, you know, teamwork, how do they work together? You know, again, it's just a grind. If you're working with someone who's just, you know, not nice to deal with or head case, all those sorts of things. And so it's, it, again, it's just one more example for our leaders. You know, the same things that make somebody successful in sport make them successful in the real world. It just is.
0: And that's why one thing I, I, I really want to be able to share with my, my teammates and my colleagues around the league is, is how valuable of an asset that they're sitting on. I think uh, not enough credit is given to pro athletes as far as uh, how valuable they are outside of sport. And that's mm-hmm. one of my focuses from the moment that I came into the league. Maybe it's the Queen's education or just uh, having great parents, but I've always been conscious of the fact that football, um, the average career in the CFL is three years. Yeah, You come in there and get cut your first year. You can be mm-hmm. lucky enough to play five years at most, yeah. and the legends play eight to ten years. Yeah, But you have to be conscious of your, your, your way out is was just as accessible as your way in, and uh, you, you have to think long-term. But most players, I'm, I'm not seeing in my three years experience, a lot of guys looking outside and taking those steps in real professional paths that, that can really complement their football experiences very well. And for different reasons, some may not feel like they're qualified enough or that those doors aren't accessible to them. Right. But anyone that I've spoken to in a position to hire or managing their own businesses, whether it be law, finance, any sort of business. They all very much love the idea of a pro athlete working for their yes. industries, for their companies because of all that's assumed that you are because of the fact that you're a pro athlete. You took the yes. one thing that you love and you took it to the highest level possible. And who wouldn't want someone with that mindset working at yeah. a company? And you And know, the, the technical skills can be taught. You can learn that on the job. You can take a yeah. certificate online to kind of complement uh, the, the missing pieces that you don't quite have. But the natural skills that you just have inside of you and in your head and, and and the and the skills that you've learned just being a teammate. You know, you're 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 constantly being improved on on, on your technique as a football player. You're constantly mm-hmm. being uh, told to work with others as a football player. You're constantly being asked to lead as a football player. And uh, that that's that's more than most employees at their companies have to do on the day to day. You know, they might be very high technical, savvy people, but they don't necessarily have all that natural uh, ability. So it's something that has, to, that has to change in the mindset of pro athletes, just knowing that, you know, our contribution is not limited to on the field. We can do a lot more here.
1: One hundred percent. And certainly, um, you know, for me, I, I, I constantly feel like all the hard work I did as an elite athlete, again, below your level, I was, you know, eighth in the nation was my best placing as a 200 meter freestyle at nationals. And certainly never, if, you know, swimming was ever professional, I wouldn't have been there and still just all the hard work that I did. And, and the, just my ability to drive myself that hard totally has, has, has created a whole bunch of my success. And, and for our leaders, I'm on LinkedIn. I really recommend you get on LinkedIn. I saw a, an article, uh, cause Nelkes and I are connected. And, and if you're listening to this podcast, look to connect with me. But um, Nelkus and I are connected because he worked with the program, and I saw an article in the Toronto Star about, you know, the Argos as well as the entire CFL and many leagues um, have been shut down because of COVID. And um, a reporter reached out to Nelkus. No surprise, and I'm sure everyone's not surprised listening to Nelkus here <laughs> about, hey, what do you see and how do you see this and you know what do you see as possible? And I, I thought it was a really really great. Um, you know, again, mindset, character, you know, philosophy that you have around, you know, the setback over COVID. And I'm not surprised because that's who we are as a community. Okay, this happened. Now, what do we do? There's so many people now, who would be like, this is my third year, this was going to be a really great year, because this year, I'd get a bigger contract, right? There's none of that from you, which is really amazing. You know, well done.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, you know, what helps and I hear this all the time, but it's never been more true, is to have like-minded individuals in your life. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends, uh, his name is Chris Osikusi. He got drafted by the Montreal Alouettes in 2019, and uh, he's in law school now at Windsor. So he mm-hmm. started this platform called Switch Mentality, and what he's trying to do is exactly spread the message we're talking about, is uh, you know teach teach players to, to look outside of sport and to leverage their experience in sport to really do the most in professional spaces outside of, outside of what they do and uh, uh, expose young players and young young high school uh, level kids who might not see further than what's in front of them to a world that's accessible to them, even though they don't know it. So, uh, you know, during COVID, I, I, my, my, I was blessed to be able to go back home to Montreal for four months and be with my family, you know, reboost energy. you got resources at home. And uh, uh, my, my, my parents are always a great source of uh, inspiration to me. And we always talked about how during COVID, some people either, you know, crucify this year and say that it's the worst thing that ever happened to them and, you know, woe is me and this is terrible. And I'm sure for some, it actually is brutal and there are some that, you know, that are hard to recover from. But the mindset of looking at this year as an opportunity to come out victorious and, uh, you know, make some lemonade out of your lemons and just find a way to, to take some positive out of this unfortunate circumstances uh, is what we've talked about and we've tried to find a way to do as a family. And it's definitely been, been true in my life so far.
1: Yeah. No, and it's really, it's really great. And, and again, hopefully again, all our leaders, all the positivity that Nelkis is sharing, he's got every right to feel victimized, right? And, and that's just, there's, there's no power there. Like there's just no power whatsoever there. And I'm sure at times it was frustrating oh, wow, will we be able to play? And there's an excitement and, 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 of course, you know you've got this small window, but I just love that again. You've you've turned it you've turned it in a better direction, and I know as well. Uh, you know, why don't you share about you know your leveraging of being a Toronto Argonaut and and the type of role that you were able to get and moving your career in the direction that you wanted, Melkis?
0: For sure. So as I mentioned to you, uh, student works obviously changed my mindset as far as what I wanted to do, and I started looking at uh, the industry finance. Uh, I do like to get into business and uh, I know uh, lots of business starts with some really strong financial knowledge and understanding how the system works all together. And especially coming from a civil engineering background, I had very limited knowledge in that space. So I was able to, uh, through great uh, friendships and, and connections, uh, shout out Kyle Mullen and Bob Mullen. <laughs> shout out Kyle and Bob. All right. <laughs> That's a, an opportunity at Barometer Capital Management. Great firm, great people at the at the company and uh, they're an asset manager and i'm uh, working as an equity analyst uh just searching up stocks and reading up on the markets keeping up to date uh assisting our portfolio managers and it's been really great coming in with limited re- limited knowledge and being able to learn from some great guys with great experience and and, and pick up on you know how how the advent spins you know how the world works and yeah uh, it's, it's a great first experience in the industry
1: well that's fantastic and, and again i just love how again turning something that most people would see as a negative into a positive. And now I'm sure you're just working your butt off. And I know, cause that's what we talked off uh, offline, just about this amazing, amazing organization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And remember, you know, uh, the, the, one of the things I always love to say, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people, I remember at school, I never learned this until I went to U of T, but this is what people used to say. It's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and they just continued to say that and no, because like, like I, you know, I, I live a pretty privileged life and I knew what it was like to be in the circles of privilege, meaning so-and-so owned a business and they could hire you. But one thing they knew is if you were a bum or you had no skills or you were lazy or like, you know, when the Argos go around, they go and ask all sorts of people, they do some reference checking and they go, oh, great. Maybe I'll invite them to a the party, nice enough kid, but there's no way they're working in my business. Absolutely. So it's not who, you know, it's who, you know, that thinks highly of you. That's and that's the point is, is that, you know, and it'll give you an opportunity, but then it's the opportunity is for me to work extra hard for me to put in just, just act like I'm on the football field, act like I'm at Queens and the Argos doing all the extra work, doing all the extra preparation, coachable, work on a team. And my career is going to grow, you know, uh, that's just how it works.
0: Like you said, uh, it, re- it really is, it comes down to that. And reputation is, is, is everything. It's huge. You have to know that anytime you're on a job working with people, four people you're working for this job. Yes. But you're also working for your next three, four, five jobs because yeah. whatever it is you're doing today will, will definitely follow you. And uh, you know, their, their word when it comes down to it, it's who, you know, if people call back to the, the person you had an experience with three years ago and you know, Oh no, don't hire this guy because so-and-so like, that'll follow you, you know? So yeah. it's very important. And even how Barometer came about, it just so happened that I'm working with them uh, through the coronavirus pandemic, just because back to me looking outside of sport, you know, this is an opportunity that I secured in April, 2019, mm-hmm. knowing that coronavirus is gonna happen. Just right. me thinking, you know, when football is done this year, I wanna be able to start uh, something during the off season. And that was initially supposed to be on January to May, and then back to football in May. Uh, but obviously our season got canceled, unfortunately, but, you know, look at how it turned out. Yeah. I just got extended and been fortunate enough to be, be able to stay with them. And it just confirmed my feeling of always be looking outside of this because this is unfortunately not something to rely on. This is something you can leverage and, and use as a trampoline type thing to be yeah. able to yourself higher.
1: 100%. And it's like a side hustle. Like, like, by the way, most people, okay, most people just have jobs, don't do anything else. Most of Nelkus's, you know, fellow players in the CFL just play football during the off season. They just go and practice football and do more weights or just prepare themselves for the next season. And Nelkus goes, hold on, not a good strategy. And so, so, you know, for our young leaders out there going, geez, what, what do I need to do? You know? Like to be successful, it's, it's putting an extra 10% makes an enormous difference. Like something like an extra 10% of hours over a career adds to 50% more income, you know, and then job expansion and role expansion, et cetera. So it's just so, so great what you've done. So I just love that.
0: It helps to have people that, you know, that you uh, can learn from and admire that, that are doing it as well. So I had a teammate last year named Ian Wild, who was a financial planner in the off season. And, uh, you know, that idea, I was already thinking about it, but he was an example of it being uh, very possible. And he was a very successful football player, starting yeah. a backer for the Argos last year, and I'm watching him and thinking this guy goes back and manages people's money in the offseason. This is great. And, yeah. uh, mentors of mine, like Andrew Liu, who played four years in the CFL, did, did his MBA, is now a consultant at BCG. Like, I'm not the first to...
1: to, to of course not.
0: But it's a very small percentage of players still.
1: Yeah, no and, and and again it's you know just an excellent example and again just a little twist and it's and we're talking directly to our leaders obviously there are not that many professional athletes out there or it'd be a really small podcast it's not that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so not, you know so thinking back about you know when you were a university student you know to now what did you need to change about yourself what have you what have you needed to you know craft about yourself and your personality your mindsets?
0: Yeah, I think I I just had to really um, emphasize more some parts of my mindset that were already there. So I knew that I had to work hard at university or else there was no way I was going to make it out. I knew that right. I wanted to be successful and I had an idea about how to go, how to, how to get there. This is when I'm 21, I'm now 25 and uh, although I'm still very young, I have a better idea of the, the paths and the. You know the steps you need to take in order for me to reach my my ultimate goal i'm really in a head down grinding mode right now expansion phase in my career and uh, trying to lay the foundation for the next five to ten years and 20 25 years so i can really just be kicking back and chilling when i'm 50. but uh you know when i was 21 i just i didn't quite know how to get there and i'm sure there's still lots to, to learn and find out now but i have a better idea of how the systems work and and, you know, uh, who's where and how do contacts uh, make opportunities come about and you better be prepared when your opportunity comes because that's the time where you need to, to leverage that and grab it and, and take it and make the most out of that. So when I was oh, 21, sorry. I wanted to succeed. I just didn't know how. At 25, I have a better idea.
1: Yeah, no, I got it. I think that's great. And, and so what key habits would a young leader listening to this program want to steal from you?
0: I would say don't close any doors. I would say, um, um, you know, if you're trying to put yourself in a situation where you're exposed to as many people as possible and try to learn from as many people as possible, whether it be through, I was blessed enough to be um, on a football team. There's no bigger sense of community, maybe at a frat house or something than a football team. You're exposed Mm -hmm. to uh, 60 plus guys every year and you're connected to an alumni network of people who feel connected to you just through the same experiences that you're living. And uh, it's been easy for me to connect with multiple people because of that. But for someone who doesn't have that or a team, I would just say, put yourself in a situation where you can be exposed to a lot of people and you can learn from them too. And don't be afraid to reach out. Do what's uncomfortable, what doesn't come natural to you. Mm-hmm. Some of my biggest rewarding things in life have come from just me stepping out of my comfort zone and uh, doing the things that really I, I wasn't inclined to do naturally. But in the end, I look back in hindsight and I'm like, wow, that that moment there was really a life-changing moment and i'm glad i did it reaching out to people that don't know you is not an easy thing to do you know messaging people on linkedin who might not who you might not have a mutual connection with you just doing something that that interests you and uh, you would love to be in the same career path as them and you want to learn from them uh you message them and they don't get back to you hurts the ego hurts the pride but you got to keep doing it don't you know but believe in the method do the things that that don't come easy and just uh, believe in yourself especially confidence is key. Don't get too high with the highs don't get too low with the lows you know if uh you have a great meeting and uh you know you think something great come of it it's a great opportunity but you're still the same person if you have a meeting that didn't go so well and um, you know you're afraid something bad might come of it you're still the same person so don't don't get you know move left and right or up and down by by what goes on externally just be confident who you are internally
1: yeah one of the big things I wanted to really point out for our leaders listening is, is do you notice how many people Nelkis shouted out in this podcast, you know, and just, and I reached out to this person and this person's doing this and this person's doing this and this. So what that means is Nelkis, yes, he was, you know, involved in a great community, right? In Queens and Toronto Argonauts, et cetera. But he's been involved with that community, right? You've gotten up and you've, and there's, It doesn't matter. I want everyone to understand it does not go away the fact that sometimes you feel uncomfortable when you call people, okay? Yes, I know that I probably feel less comfortable now, okay? You know, less uncomfortable, but still, you know, hey, going and requesting things, going and asking for things, that's not what the human in you wants you to do, okay? Wants you to sit there and be complacent, wants you to sit there and not put you at risk. Like well, actually, Nelkis, When I posted on your LinkedIn, I went and said, "This is what's authentic." I went and said, "Oh, Nelkus, that's really great." And then I went, "Oh, I hope Nelkus likes me." Um, you know, like, like that's that's what's true. You know, like, meaning, uh, you know, it's been years since I'd seen Nelkis, and I go, yeah, "I like okay. him." But it's those are the things that will prevent us from moving forward. And that was a little voice in my head, my dark side. I ignored it, and Nelkis, uh messaged it back, but it was. It's those things will get us in the way. And like you said, you know, the up and down and just like, no, let's just do the thing that we need to do.
0: Do it. Do it. You got to. You know, when I feel that, you know, that, that overbearing feeling of, oh, maybe you shouldn't. Like, what if, yeah. what are they going to think? That's fine for me to just shoot. Just shoot. What's Absolutely. The, you play the game. What's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing yeah. that happens, you get what we call our bomb. They read it, they don't respond, and you know it hurts you for a bit, but then you forgot that it even happened. Yeah. When you find someone else in a similar position, you shoot them a message and they get back to you. Yeah. You get the job, but then you look at the person who didn't respond to you in the eye and you say hi. <laughs> so uh no yeah. life is just about shooting your shot. You just can't, you can't be afraid to shoot.
1: You betcha. So final question, Nelkis. When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind?
0: Oh, I love this question. And I, I heard you ask this question on every podcast, so I was very excited to get this question. Mark Tressman, he's my first uh, Toronto Argonauts football head coach and a uh, great coach. Anybody who knows football knows Mark Trestman, uh Great history of success, but also a very wise man. Um, he told me, Nelkis, I've never known a leader that doesn't read. Yeah. So um, he asked me what book I was reading, and I, I told I, I, I didn't have an answer for him, and he, he was very disappointed because he expected a lot from me. But he told me, you know, I never know I know a leader that doesn't read. So you can you see now I got the bookshelf behind me. Look okay, at that. All that, right. Yeah, and uh, not only that, but he said, um, you know, the best leaders are, are the best students. So to me, you know, being a great leader means somebody who who knows how to listen, who knows how to learn, because no matter who you think is the epitome of leadership and Success, uh, they were once somebody who knew nothing. And uh, all these autobiographies and people who tell their stories all started from a very humbling position of, uh, of learning and being under somebody who taught them and showed them a the ropes. But if you are consistently in your mind trapped in the thought that you are the supreme power and no one can teach you anything, and you come in this job already knowing everything, you, you will not move forward. Not only that, but people won't want to work with you, they won't trust you. And uh, you lose a lot of credibility trying to pretend that you know something that you don't know. So um, there's a lot of respect that goes into someone who says, you know, I don't know, but I'll find out. Yeah. And so that, that comes with being humble, uh, being coachable, and uh, being a great student. And I think that ultimately creates the best leaders.
1: I love that, I love that. It's like what Nelkus was really talking about was having a fixed mindset. You know, I am fine, I don't need to change this is how I should be. And, and that will restrict you. That, And I'm sure you're not listening to my podcast if you have it, have that set mindset. And we all have sometimes where we get set and where we get fixed. And again, that humility, coming back to humility, coming back to what can I learn from someone else? What don't I know? Having a conversation, what don't I know? Isn't that awesome? Mark Trussman. So shout out, Mark. And uh, one of the things as well, where a lot of times we hear, you know, professional coaches, and we hear them talking about the sport,
0: Mm.
1: right? Mm. And that's actually not, well, that's obviously a big part of what they do, right? They've got to know the X's and O's as a linebacker, you got to go here as a line, you know, you running back, you need to go here or guard, you need to go here. But it, it really is those types of things where they've just got all sorts of wisdom that there is to be gathered. Right. And, and I'm glad I'm glad that, you know, he's challenging you and even more. I'm glad that you're coachable. And uh, there you are in action, uh, you know, reading your books and making progress. So that's just awesome.
0: You know, one thing he said, and I always loved it, too, is he didn't look at a football season as just simply a football season. We have 18 games, obviously. And he said, you know, I'm not here uh, coaching you. I'm giving an 18 week course in leadership.
1: Oh, love it.
0: And I always loved it. He brought that back. He brought that point back very often, just to remind us that we're we're not just here to play football. We're here teaching men how to lead. And yeah. uh, our our linebacker coach, Greg Quick, would also finish all of our meetings by saying, "Linebackers, we lead." And so I've had so many lead, leadership coaches in my life, and I'm very fortunate for that. And uh, the, the uh, learning not to know, not not to act like you know it all, is not yeah. something that came naturally to me, by the way. And I'm not yeah. a, to admit it. Over the course of, you know, growing up as a kid, I always liked to cut people off when they were telling me how to do something. And that's something that my mom always had to correct in me. Now, yeah. listen, listen, stop yeah. acting like, you know, listen. And yeah. it, good good thing for me, it was already ingrained into my mind by the time I got to the Argos. But when I was a kid, I always loved to, you know, the know-it-all, like, yeah, okay, oh. oh, we're teaching you how to do this and you're gonna cut them off. But no, this is yeah. this has been very much taught to me and it started at home. So I'm very grateful for my parents. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Well, that's very apparent and shout out, shout out Nelkes's parents. So
0: to that. Shout out, to that.
1: you bet, you bet. So Nelkis, I loved our, I loved our pod. I'm just really, really great. The synchronicity of, of seeing the, the, the awesome article on the, in the, in the Toronto Star and, you know, continued success in uh, your football career, but most importantly in your life, right? Like that's really what it's about, right? You know, let's go have fabulous lives. Let's be a contribution. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, certainly for me, I love all the leadership stuff because, hey, that's where I've spent my life, coaching leaders, you know, because, you know, again, we, by being great leaders, we're better, again, as men, fathers, as women, mothers, as, you know, sisters, brothers, uh, you know, teachers, you know, whatever it is, we're great because leadership calls on us to make a difference in the world.
0: That's it. No, Chris, I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, thank you for even setting up this platform. I, it's, it's, it's influencing people in a, in a very positive way. And just for doing the job that you're doing, you know, I, I'm sure there are people who are benefiting from their time at StudentWorks without you even knowing it. And uh, maybe they don't take the time to reach out to you and just say thanks, but uh, you, you don't know how, uh, you know, spiderwebs of StudentWorks have kind of like, and many, many, many uh, young, young developing adults in their professional lives, and I just want to say thank you for your work.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Nelkis. I really appreciate it. So, hey, you have a you have a fantastic day, and we will stay connected.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Okay, take care, my friend. Okay, bye bye. Hey, leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.